All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. Down to the final four. Post-divisional round, we're on to the conference championship final four here. Welcome, Jacob. Taylor's in the room, too. We're at the six-score War Room Studios. I kind of missed the War Room. Yeah. I think I think that Bills Chiefs game would have been really fun in the war room. Instead, it's fun to be with my family at home too, but we lose something not being in the war room with the one game. What'd you guys think of the games? Well, we basically did it with you uh before we recorded the podcast. We're here on a Monday afternoon, but uh we, we ran through most of the scenarios, the uh, fake punt, the uh fumble, just fall on it. <laughs> that game had so much. I know, fall on the fumble. The, yeah, the th- the other thing that that you know Poor guy misses the field goal. Do you do you feel robbed at all of a great ending, or yeah. are you happy that you know? I mean, look, our our quote pick covered. It should have covered with the without the Miko easily with a Miko Hardman fumble yeah. and the and the fall on it instead of scoop and score and and whatever whatever. But the bottom line is, Bills and their linebackers did have problems. Pacheco had a day. Right. Kelsey had a day, which is kind of what we were thinking. But yeah, look. I don't know if you guys saw, but my daughter was more interested in the game than my son was. My son is <laughs> yeah, the Mahomes yeah, fan. Yeah. He was playing computer games and watching the game. She had her Swifty Travis Kelsey 87 <laughs> jersey on. And she was, and then the game was over. How about this one? Mom says, okay, time to take a shower. She goes, no, she goes, well, this game's over. And then my daughter shoots her a glare. And my mom, wife goes, oh yeah, they still might show taylor (laughs) (laughs) gotta stay for the post game yeah yeah. (laughs) and so she bought herself a few more minutes watching the game and my big mistake though is look i told you guys i'm in california so i don't bet anything here and i was saying this as a joke and i really should have done it i should have put some money on kc to get to the super bowl before this game because then because i already know my daughter, who's 11, said, you took twin brother Davis to the Super Bowl last year. You have to take me <laughs> if Kansas City wins. And, of course, Davis's head will spin. She doesn't even know football. This is like my team, the Chiefs. And I, they usually don't sell tickets in three, so I need to buy freaking four tickets to the Super Bowl. Like, I, I, I don't know. What were the odds of Chiefs speaking the Super Bowl before yesterday's game? Probably That's a good get, question. Probably get plus 400, plus 500. Probably that range. That yeah. range. So maybe I could have bet a little bit of money on them making it and then basically said, here's $2,000 a sunk cost. <laughs> Here's the tickets for free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I'm buying tickets for $2,000 in case they make it to the Super Bowl. But it's less of a loss if they don't make it. Yeah. <laughs> so now this week I'm in a dilemma, right? Do I root for the kids because they like KC or do I? <laughs> well, before the year you would have never thought she would be part of this equation right no and the other thing i realized is i don't know i didn't realize how passionate the fan bases are about their fans and their music like i make a eminem could be eminem versus taylor swift and there was a lot of support there was also a lot of hate like you know i don't know i've got mad at you about it yeah i it's okay i eminem obviously I mean, I hear Taylor Swift songs too because I'm in the car, the girls, and what have you. But I'm okay either way. It's not a big hate love thing. So you got Eminem, Taylor Swift, Eminem, Detroit, Taylor Swift, KC, Grateful Dead, 49ers. Yeah, we debated that in the room before. (laughs) E40 is going to be the one representing the Niners, but that's more new. Yeah, I wouldn't even know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Huey Lewis in the news. I mean, I mean, what do you do there in Maryland uh, for Baltimore? Yeah, you know, I did a little tour thing, and the first early answers came back crab cakes, yeah, or, or Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> There's, <laughs> I guess, a comedian or somebody. I don't know. Yeah. Just let's just have some fun. It'll be okay. <laughs> well, Eminem's got a little bit easier travel going to San Fran instead of Taylor Swift going to Baltimore. Not gonna be as uh, as friendly, I would think. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, what do you mean? Not there's there's more diehard uh, Ravens fans that are uh, not going to be excited to see her in the, sa- in the stadium. I think the fans are meaner. I think all. San Fran, they'll be a little bit excited to see Eminem, although he is Detroit, the enemy, whatever. But San Francisco's a very corporate crowd. Exactly. And uh, as a joke, a very wine or white wine <laughs> crowd. 
Baltimore is very passionate, but I don't know. I mean, uh, did she get a bad welcome in Buffalo? Um, Buffalo fans are very passionate. Right. I don't think they're hateful, but I they're passionate. She had the Jason that. Kelsey yeah, bodyguard he, he with her. Yeah, I don't know. He stole I mean, the show, right? I mean, let me tell you. <laughs> Baltimore, I've been to Baltimore. They've got passionate fans. They're blue collar. They're passionate. It's not Philadelphia. Right. <laughs> it's not New it's not York. Buffalo. Yeah. It's not Philadelphia. It's not yeah. Philadelphia. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Buffalo's passionate. Baltimore's passionate. You know, uh, I don't think there's that much hate in Buff in Baltimore. I think it'll be fine. She's in a suite. I mean, you know, <laughs> got the Swifty Army looking after her. Yeah, she'll be fine. Getting into some of the Chiefs injuries, they came out the more hurt side compared to the Ravens. Uh, Joe Thune's a big one. I know they're waiting for the MRI results on that uh, peck, but not looking good either way, right? I think you can cross them off the list for the Baltimore game. Uh, let's say it's not a pec tendon tear. Let's say it's not surgical. He didn't play the whole first fourth quarter. By right. video, it was clearly his right pec, his inside arm, the A-gap protection side for the left guard. You can't punch. You can't You can't block. A, a bull rush in the A-gap, you're done. And um, you can't play with it, period. Whether it's a torn tendon or a muscle strain now if they make the super bowl that's three weeks away if it's a muscle strain could he maybe maybe but it's so important there and, and i loved what adam schefter said on on uh, pat mcafee this morning he's right that's an injury that's very difficult especially for an offensive lineman love it instead of peck does he play not play it's the position right. and it's the type of player and to this side it's even the side because the a gap is a lot more important than the b gap right right i mean if you have a gap pressure you've got nothing right that's what you protect first so with that unfortunately joe thuney i don't think is going to be able to play this week period regardless of the mri results and the mri results might just give us a hint at the super bowl if the chiefs make it so that's early not great news for the Chiefs. They did have Nick Allegretti to step in. He started during the 2020 Super Bowl run. So he's not bad. Not yeah. bad. Not a bad plug and play guy. Uh, backup free safety Mike Edwards left the game. With the and the other thing I'd say about that is we worry more if there's now the shuffle. Right. Okay. Now the tackle slides in or the other guard flips or the center slides over. Now it's like new combinations. If it's out. During the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, that's actually what happened, right? That's why we were a little worried because they had out. There was no shuffle this time. There was that. Yeah, there's, this is just a one for one, and it's Allegretti for Thuney. Now Thuney's an All Pro, right. first team All Pro, so there's no replacing Thuney. But there could be worse situations where there's a shuttle a shuffle in the line, and you don't have an Allegretti. So, as good as Thuney is, Allegretti's not a bad backup. So there's still a difference, but you know. Um, not, that's what it is. Not the team you want that happen ahead of, though. Taylor pointed out before that the uh, Ravens had the defensive triple crown. If that exists, we might be creating it here. But uh, led the league in sacks, uh, fewest points allowed, and the most turnovers. So that's – and most of that's their stout defensive line, Jadavion Clowney, most takeaways, right? Yeah. And uh, Matabuiki having a big jump in the season. So that'll be – Triple crown. How, how's their war? How's their yeah. – <laughs> Whip. <laughs> the big thing too, I remember early in the season, the Ravens had a really, really big deal with their outside linebacker. Remember Ajabo, Owe, they signed Van Noy. Van Noy has nine sacks. Yeah. Can, can, can we just put a camera and microphone <laughs> on him? I mean, he's just trying to be kibitz from the side. Like, if you're going to join, you might as well just join. I mean, you can tell he's gosh. got less and less field views to do every week. So. He's got less work today because there's only two games coming up. It's like, what is going on here? You might as well just put a camera on and join. I mean, geez. Stat, stat guy's jumping in too much. He's uh, – <laughs> he's he's talking more than you know look even on the mcafee show okay you got mcafee and you got aj then you got the front row guys yeah. boston connor who's the other guy and then you got the control room guys right now you're a control room guy you're talking like you're like the front line i mean we did extend the invite so it's on yeah whatever it's uh, it was mentioned mike edwards the backup free safety um in concussion protocol during the season that's been roughly 22 percent um and it doesn't change for the postseason. It's not right. like, oh, this is more important. This could be his last game. Like, yeah, I got to look at it from the independent neuro standpoint. They're trying to do their job. And let's say they let Mike Edwards play and there's no big deal. Okay, fine. 
let's say they don't like let Mike Edwards play. It's still like, hey, I just followed, stuck to my guns, right? The team doctor, someone else, man, you could have, should have, whatever, but what are you going to do, okay? Let's say he lets them play, and it's early or there's another concussion, and he gets, she gets, whoever it is gets, a lot of grief, like the one in Miami, and or name publicized, or even a lawsuit. I mean, they're right. not going to say it's a playoff game, so therefore let's not just worth let the it risk go. any more than it usually is. For yeah, them. yeah. You got to make the independent decision, and so right now that sits at twenty-two percent, and it depends on if he's got symptoms after the game and this morning, et cetera. And we'll see. Now, of course, as we talk to go to the Super Bowl, it's much better because you have two weeks. Right. But this is the standard, and it's the standard seven-game cycle. So we're at 22% chance that the Chiefs don't have safety, free safety number three. Right, because Brian Cook's already out with the ankle fracture. Mike Edwards filling in for him, so it's going to be Deion Bush if Mike Edwards can't clear. Uh, did mention that um, cornerback Taron Johnson came back for the Bills was cleared within one week. So he met that 22%. He was in that 22%. So not impossible. No two questions are alike, but yeah, that offensive bigger uphill. That's still in coach protocol for the Chiefs. That's- right. Yeah, Wanya Morris, I think it is. Um, uh, going to the Ravens side, Mark Andrews. And what about Willie Gay? Willie Gay, you're right. Uh, Millie, Willie Gay, they were, they were uh, big on the broadcast mentioning that he's the spy. He's the, uh, the main one spying Josh Allen. So as soon as he went out, Josh Allen uh, had more room to run obviously a big deal against Lamar Jackson. So had a neck injury pop up on Saturday, re-aggravated during the Sunday game. He did already tweet that he's going to be good for game time next week, but. How's he know? I mean, <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're, I mean, first of all, is anybody going to tweet? I'm not good. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry guys. Not looking great guys. Probably not going to be there. <laughs> um, it's, I like the positivity, but. You're right, I do Mark. too. I like the positivity, but it depends on what kind of neck injury. Yeah. If his neck was a little stiff and sore, I see it. If he had ridiculous symptoms or neurologic symptoms, I don't see it at all. And we don't see any video of the injury. Right. And let me tell you, it didn't look like much in game that knocked him out, which actually makes me more worried. Yeah. So he would have came back in if it was something less severe. Yeah. It's not like he was directly related on the tackle and stuck his head in and might have aggravated the neck. I know we do six scores and other things and we're in progress, but you know, Looney's a, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I said, down. Mike Edwards is like this, right? But Gay's on the doubtful side of questionable. Mm-hmm. He's gonna this have to point prove in it time. in practice this week. Yeah, and that'll be big. And uh, how much will he practice this week? And and yeah, he's been the the good spy. So we'll have to see that this could be big too. But another I, decent backup in Drew Tranquil, just to mention. But Willie Gay's no replacing that. Also, yeah, Drew Tranquil's pretty good, but can he? Well, I guess can anyone keep up with Lamar? I mean, yeah. I, mean I don't know. Would you rather there? There are some that, yeah. I think Willie Gay is better to keep up with Josh Allen because their speed, but also size. Right. For Lamar Jackson, you might need a different spy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know who you'd have. But yeah. You might need a different spy. That guy, you know, is so fast. Uh, getting to Mark Andrews, um, left ankle fracture early in the season, kind of mid-November. Uh, he's had his week his uh, practice window opened. It was kind of a questionable for this one, but then ruled out before the game. Do we see him coming back next week? Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that he does. So <laughs> when you really break it down, when he got hurt, initially, um, he said he was done for the team said he was done for the season. We said, look, if they can make it to the Super Bowl, I can see him coming back. He's a little bit early. Right. Uh, we talked about it last week, did not see him coming back last week, despite two full practices. Definition of full. That's why we say we do injury analysis as opposed to injury reporting. The reports were two straight full practices. Well, the definition of full practice is you did everything that the team asked you to do. The de- and if the team doesn't ask you to do a lot, you can get a full practice Full practice does not mean full go or full health. It's just you did everything in practice. Limited practice, you did all but one or only one of all of the reps. Big variation. Right. But full practice is you did everything the team asked you to do. So Mark Andrews did everything the team asked him to do on Thursday and Friday, yet he was inactive. 
does that tell you? He wasn't ready. They're just bringing him along slowly. At this point, if he plays this week, and it's possible that he will, it's more red zone targets. Not this week. Previous week, Sam Laporta. Still lots of Isaiah Likely. And maybe get to the Super Bowl becomes more Mark Andrews. And people say, why? It's a fracture. It's eight weeks instead of the other. The fracture is just the bone part. There's ligaments torn too. And along with the torn ligaments that need to heal, there's also soft tissue damage. Okay. So nothing ever is injured in isolation. Um, the standard analogy I'll say is, is if um, I've used a pipe analogy, I'll say uh, the, the, the pipe analogy is if you have a pipe break in your home and there's water everywhere, you, you fix the pipe break and the plumber comes and he fixes it. But are you done? What about all the water damage yeah. and the cleanup and what have you? And the flooring and the cabinets and the whatever, the paint, the drywall, right? Whatever else there is. That's what I mean by fracture disease and associated damage. Just because the bone's okay, there's still swelling and it's not 100%. There's lots of other analogies we could make, but there's downstream consequences and that's what he needs to work through here. And I would see him potentially playing this week. It's just a roster spot situation and, you know, red zone targets probably is what he mostly would be good for. And that'd be good for for the Ravens to have that. Yeah, uh, early in the week, we're still crunching the numbers, but that game figures to be the uh, guarantee game. If you want to sign up for sick picks, you get our guarantee for that game. Uh, and the playoffs are guarantees are 4-0, including three road underdogs. So Yeah, I was a little... See, the first week, yeah, we uh, had the 3-0 guarantees, but that also meant the three least healthy teams got knocked out. And so every week the teams are healthier. Yeah. Like some of us are headed to Radio Row and Super Bowl. Usually there's one or two injuries to talk about, but there aren't cluster injuries to ever talk about in the Super Bowl, except for that Tampa Bay Super Bowl with yeah, the that Chiefs. Was the outlier, that was sure. the outlier. And for that one, there wasn't even a Radio Row. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't anything to, to, to do there. But yeah, so it makes sense. The healthier teams advance and we look at other criteria, et cetera. But uh uh, um, Marlon Humphrey calf is a big one, right? Kyle Hamilton looks good mm-hmm. from his knee. We weren't sure he was going to be hundred percent. We knew he was playing. He looked good. Marlon Humphrey is the big one now and calf's hard to play through. So, uh, we'll have to look at practice reports, even though we just poo poo practice reports. You got to <laughs> at least get out there limited. Yeah. DMP in the past. So he needs to make some progress before we can start talking about him. Uh, situation for Marlon Humphrey so we'll see yeah I don't think anybody on the Ravens uh fans or coaching staff thought they'd be relying so heavily on Ronald Darby at this point in the season but he's played pretty well in that role yeah um he's got a good matchup because I'm not sure I guess number one receiver is now Rasheed Rice is it yep not sure that he's 100 percent looks like he we thought he had may have bone bruise the previous week and he was a half step slow today or yesterday yeah, one of the two early catches and then wasn't really involved until late and he got dinged up on that one, but he yeah, did come back in. Yeah. But yeah, it might be tough for him to create separation with that left knee. Um, speaking a little bit of cluster, going to the Lions and Niners matchup, Lions did lose uh, Jonah Jackson during that game. Uh, Frank Ragnall had a knee injury, did come back with a brace, but that's two key offensive linemen for them going up against the Niners. Key up the middle and the, the Niners have had D-tackle issues and just emerging from that. How many snaps did Eric Armstead get in the end? I know he played. Yeah, uh, he was in there quite a bit. Uh, almost more than I would have thought. Right. So that that bodes well. Hargrave and Kinlaw, et cetera, up the middle, bodes well. Obviously, Drake Greenlaw with his quote Achilles. Right. You know, I would uh, say Jackson is the same realm as Thune, though. He's, an all, he's a very good player pro. Yes, that's going to hurt them a lot. So Drake Wien seemed pretty good mm-hmm. defensively. Got the two picks <laughs> and tried to get a – uh, I was like, Marlon McCree, go down. <laughs> Charger fans get yeah, that so reference. Uh, yeah, but, my dad texted me that he set his own personal record of yelling go down <laughs> during that last pick. So <laughs> well, you could because it was like 12 seconds. It was, a, it was a long time. Yeah, At least he didn't lateral or, or whatever. There's but. a fun stat that he ran 100 yards on those two interceptions and gained only 25. So he was doing a lot of roundabout. 
25 is not bad. <laughs> I'll take that. But yeah, but the that John Jackson's a big deal. I mean, I have some worry of a lateral meniscus tear mm -hmm. on him. Uh, Frank Ragnow is going to play through, but yeah. clearly not 100%. Um, so we'll see. Uh, also had the news, breaking news today, earlier this morning, that Zach Ertz is joining the Lions uh, after the Brock Wright injury. So Laporta, not 100%, but Zach Ertz coming on the, the team to uh, provide some reinforcement. His left knee ACL was 2022, mid-September. So are we expecting him to be closer to 100% at this point? Yeah, no, well, first of all, off. Sam Laporta, much better this week. But a lot of his targets came, he didn't get targeted early. All of a sudden, he got three on one drive, and then all, there's no Brock Wright. And then all of a sudden, he got six more. Majority but, of the action, yeah. But it was still more underneath stuff than mm -hmm. downfield stuff for Laporta. But he's much healthier this week. Uh, I think close to normal numbers, even though I don't think his knee is 100%. So pretty good there. Brock Wright was said shoulder, now forearm. We're looking at film, but he's basically out. Right. And um, 69% snaps for Eric Armstead. So he 69%. Yeah, that's not bad. So they brought in Zach Ertz. Makes sense because their tight end coach is Steve Hyden. Steve Hyden was on the Chargers for a while. He was called Heidi. <laughs> yeah. Everyone liked him. Yeah. Um, I remember a uh, 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 good kid, nice kid. I haven't talked to him in a while. Uh, you know, a junior say on nicknames, everybody and whatever. He called him Heidi and, and he t tabbed him the kid that, uh, you want your daughter to date or marry or something like that. Cause he's a good kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got a good coaching career now and he coached Zach Ertz at tight end in Arizona. So knows him, knows the system. Zach Ertz, I think can help the team, you know, I mean, he can't have all the full package of plays, right? He I, just, I think that's them. when we talked about Norv with Norv Turner come on the podcast before and just like, how much can you pick up mid season or even, even one week but it does help that Zach Ertz knows the packages and stuff like that like you said yeah and he's a smart player and and I'm not worried about his knee I mean it's more just getting acclimated and I think that's a good addition right uh, it's a good addition for for them they need somebody he's a good addition uh, a big one for every Niners fan worried about Debo Samuel uh left the game with the left shoulder this is the opposite side as his week six uh week six um hairline fracture they did say x-rays are negative, but I'm remembering that x-rays were also negative in week six, and then the hairline showed up. So any worry of that this time? Well, let's talk Debo Samuel. Obviously, it's one of the biggest injuries out there. And yes, he did not return, which heightens the worry. But we go by what we see on video and the mechanism of injury. And the way that he got hit, it doesn't look to me like it's a scapula fracture. Yes, there's been the comparisons from Coach Shanahan similar to week six, and he missed two games. Yes, x-rays are negative, which I would have expected, but you're right. The way the scapula bone is shaped, you often need a CT scan or MRI to see the hairline fracture. I still think that it's not going to be a scapula fracture, and I do think that Debo has a chance to play this week. The way they were working on him on the sideline, it almost looks looked like it was more muscular in nature. I would be on the cautiously optimistic side that Debo will play this next week based on the video. Sometimes it's important, just as important, what you don't see as what you do see. And we don't see significant injury, assuming we have the right plays and the hit. So I think it's more muscle-type injury, which gives Debo a chance to play this week and of course christian mccaffrey much ado about nothing yeah if it weren't cmc and he wasn't coming off a calf i don't think anyone would have really showed or made a big deal about the theragun on his thigh <laughs> on the sidelines i mean that happens not infrequently so cautious optimism for debo samuel based on what we don't see there and hopefully that will bear out with further testing here how would you, you weren't part of the theragun era where you doc you guys didn't have that on the sidelines <laughs> Not exactly. Yeah, it was called the <laughs> athletic trainer doing the massage, right? And, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, different ways. It, you know, this one, you can give it to the player and yeah. you can <clears throat> hit the spot he wants to hit. I mean, I've got a Theragun at home. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it feels like they're, they're around. They're so common in the, uh, yeah. the ATC world. Yeah. I just want to say Debo did come back for the, the drive after, but decoy roll wasn't really using the shoulder. It looked like he was protecting it. So positive sign that he was able to at least try to get back out there. 
Yeah, scapular fractures are painful. That's why I'm doubting scapular fracture right now based on video. Okay, I think it's more muscle and gives him a chance. Yeah. Um, wanted to mention that you touched about it on the top of the podcast that Kelsey and uh, Kelsey had a great game. Isaiah Pacheco also 15 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. Seems like the Bills' defensive injuries really caught up to them, especially in the linebacking core. I mean, they're down to third string with Terrell Bernard out. Matt Milano obviously gone for the season, so. Still a dominated time of possession, 37 minutes to 22. So it was interesting how that, that game ended up. Yeah, I think, you know, based on the defensive injuries of Buffalo, and of course no Gabe Davis, but defensive injuries of Buffalo that you've talked about, that's kind of why we liked them based on the numbers and, and the health advantage. And uh, it showed with Pacheco. It even showed on the final drive of the game to get the first down to get the kneel downs you get stopped there here comes the ball back and let's say you get the ball back with 30 seconds that's still enough time to get into field goal range right and then once you get to overtime who knows so even in that last drive it was key that everyone knew they're going to run the ball everyone knew pacheco was going to get it yet he got the first down right and uh, that iced the game so yeah he and of course kelsey and, uh, and so forth on behalf of all the uh, minus seven and a half betters in Tampa Bay Detroit game, why would you not call that final timeout and make before, him kick but, field goal? <laughs> okay, but before we get to that one, yeah, I, I would say I don't know. There's less to talk about here. Games here. <laughs> well, let's talk game strategy first before right. we go talking about other things. I mean, I thought it was interesting. Okay, I get why Andy Reid didn't go for two to make it a four point game when there was the penalty offsides on the extra point. You could have put it at the one, but you have to remember Patrick Mahomes never sneaks the ball, right? He doesn't even take the ball under center anymore since he dislocated his kneecap. Not that that play is particularly dangerous. They just made a conscious decision. We're not going to do it. So their complement of one yard plays is not the Eagles. Let's just put it that way. Okay. And they're not running a quarterback sneak. So I get why Andy Reid decided not to go for two. Even though I get why you would go for it, this is where analytics meets practical, right? Analytics would say go for two there, right? It makes a difference, force the other team score a touchdown, the whole deal. But you got to know your team. But why take the penalty on the kickoff? Yeah. With all that wind, make it a 27 point, 27 yard extra point instead of a, a 28 yard extra point instead of a 33 yard extra point, right? Does five yards make that much of it? I don't know, but. When you kick off, you just kicked in the end zone. You had the wind behind your back. So you kicked it through the end zone instead of five yards into the end zone. What difference did it make on yeah. the kickoff? Nothing. I would have just taken it. If you're going to not go for it, great. Take the penalty on the extra point field goal kick, extra point kick, just in case of the wind and other things. And obviously later on, there was a longer field goal that was missed. That's just a point of question. So you're talking about the next point is the – Tampa. Yeah. Why they not take the timeout? Well, we can go to the two point in Tampa before that. I know you're gonna. <laughs> you guys listen we, to this for injury stuff. I know, uh, but we love picking your brain on the philosophies in the war room. So the philosophy of going for two when you're down. I'm not a head coach. Anyway, so yeah. I'm not an analytics guy. I like analytics, and I, what I always say is, you can't say pack injury equals this or MCL equals this. It has to be applied to the individual circumstance, to the individual person. In analytics, it has to be applied to the individual game. I don't particularly like going, I don't particularly like going for two there. And just my personal opinion. And the reason why is this. They didn't get it, so it didn't matter. It has nothing to do with who had six and a half, who had seven and a half, who cares. That's not what I'm sure? saying. <laughs> saying there. What I'm saying is the psychology, if you're down by seven, or sorry, if the psychology when you're up by seven and the psychology if you're up by eight isn't that different. But the psychology being up by seven versus only up by six is huge. If you're up by seven or up by eight, you don't expect someone to score a touchdown and go for two and beat you. Right. You do expect someone to go for two and tie you at eight. You do expect someone to kick the extra point and tie you at seven. But if you're up six and you punt the ball away, 
Now you're under pressure to lose the game. And I think what that does is it changes your offensive aggressiveness. If you're only up by six, you're running your regular offense and being more aggressive, and maybe you get the first down. If you're up by seven, you're more passive, and you go ahead and punt the ball away, run, run. Like they were up by eight, Detroit. They ran the ball, and, you know, here you go, right? Kind of deal. And so, therefore, I think that's why I don't like going for two there. I get the numbers of two points and you can make it up if you don't and the chances of extra points missing this, that, the other, but it changes what's going on. Let's take Brock Purdy, for instance. And and by the way, if we're doing game analysis, right, we talked about it here. I don't know if people like this stuff, but Josh Allen threw deep a couple times in that last drive. Even if he scores, it's like a minute 40, a minute 50 on the clock for Patrick Mahomes. Okay, they're down four. But now they get four downs to try and score the touchdown to win, which is a huge advantage. Brock Purdy, congratulations. You proved a lot of naysayers still wrong. He's a good quarterback. That was a great drive. But I would argue that wasn't a chase. And I would argue that although he never got to a fourth down on that final drive, you knew they were going for it on fourth down, which makes the couple of third down plays a little more relaxing to convert, right? You can play a little more free without pressure on you because you know you have four downs to get it. So you have different options out there. So I think that's part of the psychology where I go back and say, it's different if you go for two there. I don't like it. And it's different when you're down by four in the last minute or two minutes because you, you, sorry, because you know you have four downs to get it. Even if you don't get to four downs, that psychology is better. Like on a third and one, isn't the psychology different when you say, you know, you're going to go for it on fourth down? Yeah. The psychology is different. The play calling is different. Everything is different. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Now, there's going to be a, a ton of Brock Purdy customized, <laughs> customized analytics, just like go. customized injury analysis. <laughs> customized. <laughs> depends. Depends on what the play call you have, this, that, the other. And, and so forth. I mean, I don't disagree with going for that uh, fourth and five fake punt. I don't necessarily disagree with that. If you have the perfect play call and you're doing it because there's only six guys in the box and you have seven to block them. But if you just called that play and you were just going to run that play regardless, I don't know, you need a better play than that, yeah. right? And those guys up front, they're not blockers. <laughs> we went back and looked, and yeah, they're all speed guys. They're, they're all guys down. covering downfield yeah. guys. And okay, you can't put your blockers you in because it tips your hand. You disguise it a little bit, yeah. But you can't say, well, look, obviously, if there's six men in the box and no one else is there, and you have seven guys in the box to block them in a normal circumstance, that is a 100% run. Right. I get that. But those aren't the same seven blockers that you normally yeah. would have. <laughs> These are, you know, DBs and linebackers and guys who can get downfield and make tackles. So it's just different. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we talked about some head coach vacancies last uh, podcast. Just want to update Harbaugh going for a second interview for Chargers. Belichick, second interview with Falcons. I don't know that I've heard any second interviews and it's like, oh, okay. All of a sudden there's a curveball and they go somebody else when we're hearing about second interviews, is that like the head coach is already locked up or no? Just... I mean, if you look at it, first of all, uh, uh, we, you know, look at all the interviews that have happened this year. Atlanta's done like a dozen Tennessee's at like 10. I think. Yeah. Why is that happening? The rules are changing in how you interview people and zoom interviews, make it a little bit right. easier, but let me let, let you in on another secret. I don't think it's secret. It's every interview is free consulting. Hey, tell me your philosophy. What would your philosophy be if you were our head coach? Who do you like and not like on our offense or our defense? Right. In theory, it's a free consulting opportunity to pick someone else's brain because they're trying to get the job. They're trying to show off what they would know and do. You sort of get a feel of your own team. I think a lot of teams now interview a lot of people because of the free consulting it gives you. Not that 
they're fake interviews and I'm not getting into Rooney rule or anything right. else. It's just like, there's not a lot of downside to interviewing a lot of people. And there has been a trend towards second interviews and, and so forth. The first one might be, tell us what you think about our team. The second one is, okay, this is what we would want you to do. Uh, Harbaugh's going for a second interview. Bill Belichick's already had a second one in Atlanta and Harbaugh. You spoke uh, about Cliff Clinsbury doing this specifically. Remember on Twitter because they based about Justin Fields or yeah, with the Bears. Yeah. With the Bears, I mean, yeah. look, I'm not saying Cliff Kingsbury is not a candidate to be offensive coordinator for Matt Eberflus. I don't know the ties. I'm not saying he's not, but why wouldn't you bring in Cliff Kingsbury just to ask him about Caleb Williams yeah. and what he thinks about Caleb yeah. Williams right. and what he would do with Caleb Williams versus Justin Fields, right? right? I mean, uh, it's free consulting is what it is. Um, but I'm not saying teams have no intention of hiring that person. It's just a low bar to say, let's do one more interview, especially if it's Zoom. And even if they're flying them in, the price of a plane ticket is yeah. what, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of deal. And so that's why there's so many of them. But yeah, I mean, there's a plan going on. And usually what happens is the dominoes start to fall, right? Then boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden a bunch happened in a row. And rumor is Jim Harbaugh is going for a second interview this week, maybe tomorrow in LA or something. I like Jim Harbaugh, as we talked about last week, even though he's a bit quirky. But let me tell you something. I didn't know that it came through based on last week's podcast. He is as committed to winning and fiery inside and competitive as dan campbell now he's not going to say i'm biting kneecaps off but he does it a different way way. i mean look dan campbell you could see might take a swing at a commentator (laughs) potentially i'm not imputing his jim (laughs) harbaugh did that right jim's fiery man he you know i think he gets this pollyanna who's got it better than us nobody you know okay but now inside he's got that winning fire and what i love about jim the same thing i said to you when dan campbell got hired i said i love that guy i don't know where he came from but i love that guy the kneecaps and things because he seemed very authentic you can't get away with being fake in the nfl that is dan campbell this is jim harbaugh and they both are great leaders both very competitive but I think being authentic is the biggest character that you need to have besides being a leader because you're around each other so much. Whether you're a nice guy and authentic or hard-ass and authentic or overly competitive and authentic or whatever it is, you got to be yourself. And I think Jimmy is himself. Yeah. And I think Dan Campbell is himself. And Belichick is Belichick, right? I mean, these guys, when you do what you are all of the time, even Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan. He's pretty smooth and and straightforward. So I think those are guys who can be successful. Is that why you're able to cross from like college to NFL? Like Carroll, like Kemp is exact same. Like I know some people can't do NFL and college, you know, like he's able to do both because he's he's the same throughout, right? It's a different game, obviously. And nowadays NIL and college there's more recruiting than scheming and you only get so many hours with the guys it's different a little bit but i think like i said last week jimmy makes a great ceo jim harbaugh makes a great ceo great president he's a great leader in terms of what's going on pete carroll's shown a lot of people have shown that so good on them and the chargers i think clearly want someone with nfl head coaching experience because they feel they're built to win so i hope jimmy gets the job you know i think he will i hope he agrees on the terms i don't know we'll see I think you'd put uh, Antonio Pierce in that category, right? As far as authenticity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know Antonio Pierce personally, but from what I've seen, obviously he's done very well. And I think he benefits from, uh, you know, Rich Basaccia not getting hired last year. Right? <laughs> I mean, Rich Basaccia didn't get hired and they went Josh McDaniels and, or two years ago, right, whatever right. it was. And then here's another interim situation again, and he's getting all the support. And Okay, you're going to try and do this again and say, look, I'm going to bring in someone else outside. You know, Mark Davis is human. He's an owner. It's like, okay, the players want this. I passed on the last guy that they kind of liked, and it didn't work out, so I got to go with them this time. And I saw Tom Telesco's getting a second interview. There's a couple of GM second interviews going on there too. So um, I think in the end – like I always say, when something doesn't make sense from the outside, it does from the inside. They right. know what they're doing on the inside. 
in terms of what's uh, what's happening. Yeah, a lot of moving parts with the offseason kicking off for most teams. Um, already saw Max Crosby undergo left knee surgery, uh, start of the offseason, then Kyron Williams also the hand surgery. So keeping notes for our preseason preview next next year already. We're yeah, I mean, track. Max Crosby done very well. And obviously, it's not unusual once you get bursitis early season, you're dealing with it all season long. Obviously, it got to the point where it was really bad and infected, right? So kudos to Max Crosby. He played through. But I keep telling people, there's three, four, or five times more surgery in the offseason than in season. Uh, the busiest day for a team doctor is the day after you lose exit physicals. Yeah. Um, that's the busiest Remember day. The Rams, the Rams lost, and a couple days later, Kyron Williams got surgery on his a broken bone that he had. So I yeah. guarantee you there's more than that. You yeah. just yeah. haven't yeah. heard yeah. about the other Rams yeah. that are undergoing surgery yet. I'll I say with, with social media, it seems like there are more surgeries, but back in your day they, it wasn't an opportunity to get out ahead of it and put it on social I, media and whatever i remember routinely on the day after the thing we would we'd come in knowing there'd be a handful five six eight or more surgeries there are years we scheduled 12 surgeries on that last day wow. not for the next day right, right. some of them like uh can i go home first for a little bit <laughs> and then come back okay fine i mean yeah. you know because your recovery timeline isn't that long some of them are like Look, we'll give you, this is showing the years that I worked with the Chargers when we didn't win. We'll give you to this, often I would say, all right, let's give rest a chance. It's a lingering thing, but you want to go into next season healthy and you want to have a full off-season program. Your recovery timeline is, let's say, six, eight weeks, which means that if you do it by the Super Bowl, then you've got time for the off-season program. We do the reverse math. And a lot of times you say, all right, why don't you take now in the Super Bowl the rest? But by the Super Bowl, if you're not 100%, we're doing that shoulder cleanup scope or that knee, this, that, the other kind of thing. So, so it's not like we did them all the next day right. kind of thing, but we would talk about all those scenarios. And if there was a surgery that had a long timeline, you know, you're talking six-month recovery or more, Say so we got to do it right now. No, don't go home. Do it. Stay a week and then go home. I mean, we got to do it now because time is not on our side. Yeah. Uh, just last topic I had. Just thinking about kickers and Tyler Bass missing that one. And I think it was interesting the Matt Lafleur thing that came up during the Packers game, like right before Anders Carlson kicked it. That he told uh, I forget who the reporter was, but he he had mentioned that oh every time I go out there he prays. I I pray for. Uh, that he's going to make it. But LaFleur in his press conference after said, I hate that he brought that up. That was, I said that in jest and I thought that was between us. Well, that's interesting. I don't really know Matt LaFleur. I think you can take him at face value that he said it in jest. If that's the case, then is it Tom Rinaldi or whoever? I think it was Tom Rinaldi. I don't want to. Yeah. I'll double check that. You're going to get some grief and that yeah. coach is not going to tell anyone anything. That's, that's a big that's how that works. <laughs> violation of, you know, what's going on. I'm, yeah. And I told you guys before the broadcast crew meets with a head yeah. coach, key players, a quarterback at times. And uh, like Tony Romo, that he's getting, getting some grief lately, <laughs> whatever. But part of what he knows is he's talking to the OC the head coach and or the quarterback saying, if we see a cover two, we're going to hit it this way. And then he comes out and he sees the cover two and say, they're going to throw to the tight end over the middle. Right. I think he's sometimes he's smart because he really knows football, but right. sometimes he's getting hints too, as to yeah. what it is. And, uh, but you're not supposed to ever violate that. And that, you know, I can yeah, see. I got mad at him this morning. I don't know if you saw, he said it was in jest and he said, he forgot a context. And yeah. Yeah, and 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 I get that. He's also good for Matt LaFleur protecting his players. Right. And he should be mad that it got repeated, but he also should be a little mad itself. Don't say things in jest that yeah. can get misinterpreted. Yes. I mean, you know, you got to be a little more careful than that. It's not funny, right? I mean, uh, kind, kind of situation. I get when you juxtapose comments and so forth. I thought it was great that the kicker came out right after he had uh, asked by the media and he said, I just hit the wrong spot on the ball. Like, that's on me. So it's incredible that not a lot of athletes wouldn't do that, not to throw them on the bus. It's a tough position to be in. But well, Tyler Bass, yeah, he yeah. didn't blame the wind. He didn't blame the hole. He didn't blame anything else. He didn't blame we should have gotten a few yards closer, this, that, the other. He just said, I missed it. I yeah. hit the wrong spot. And I think people respect that. And uh, let me tell you, 
internally people know about wind people know about bad holes they know i yeah. mean internally and it's a lot to just own up to it i'm, I'm trying to tell my 11 year old son that it's okay <laughs> just it's okay not everything yeah. is fair and it's okay it's not that not that helpful to throw the long snapper under the bus if it was on him yeah better to better just say oh you know it's on me to make it all right i got a question for you yep guys more impressive performance travis kelsey two touchdowns 75 yards won the game on the road heart emoji taylor <laughs> swift hit it all yeah or jason kelsey shirtless <laughs> crushing beers bill's mafia tailgating <laughs> jumping into the stands more impressive kelsey brother performance i'm taking jason kelsey i think we we talked about why travis kelsey had the advantage on the field but uh jason kelsey is in enemy territory you could say and <laughs> put on quite the performance so no it's such i mean the best part was the mom just shaking her head like okay i've seen this before this yeah <laughs> Report thing they showed a text message of his daughter saying dad's boobs are showing. <laughs> <laughs> they all, they all having fun. They're used to their dad acting like that, they know. That's great. I mean, yeah. look, uh, you got to think that he is on some panel next year, yeah, whether it's Amazon or they tried to do that earlier in the year remember? or the coming revamp of CBS, yeah, you know, and younger, hipper, whatever. I think I think it's interesting too. I mean, we talk about the real time injury reporting, but the real time reti retirement reporting is like uh, a little iffy. I mean, Schefter like minutes after the game is over is oh, Jason Kelsey told not minutes after, but Jason Kelsey told his teammates that uh, uh, it's probably the last year for him, and then he comes on his own podcast and says that's not really what I told him. I just told him, hey, you guys are going to do great next year, no matter what. Which I don't, to, like is that coach speak? <laughs> Can we enter in the coach speak category of who's telling the truth there? I would say that they're both telling the truth, but the truth of the matter is, Jason Kelsey told his teammates, yeah, yeah, in he, he, not so many words, just a little. He upset didn't that say, got out. "Yeah, I'm officially retiring." <laughs> I said, "Yeah." You'll be good next year with uh, or without me. Yeah. Uh, I, or uh, <laughs> laying the groundwork. Hey, love you, brother. I think it's it for me, right? right. But yep. uh, it's not definite. It's not in stone. He's entitled to change his mind. Right. See Tom Brady. And, I, and honestly, it's on his teammates to keep quiet. Yeah. Let the man do it How on his own out. terms. Yep. And it's up to Schefter, if he hears about it, to report it. Right. Not hating on no anybody. No one's done anything wrong. Right? I, I can respect Jason Kelsey said, I don't want to talk to the media right now. I can respect that he was telling his boys. I respect that if Schefter got sources and heard about it, that he reported it. Yeah. Not it's incumbent on, on the boys to, you know, <laughs> keep the circle of trust, <laughs> I mean, is all I'm saying. I think that's why Mike Tomlin did the smart thing. You're going to be here next year? Just walks off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of different ways, Hannah. I think he probably was irritated about something else yeah, or something. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> a little but, bit of stuff leading up to uh, that for sure. I mean, I think he could handle it just so well. As, this is a post game press conference, and I'm not going to fuel any rumors either way. Right. Uh, you know, I'm not going to answer that question in one way or another, negatively or positively. This yeah. is not the time to talk about that. Or, but then people would feel, oh, he's not coming back. Or, you know, I mean, right? <laughs> they I read mean, it however they want they to. They read yeah. it however they want to. So it's it's a hard position, no question. Does that make Jason Kelsey the beast of the week? Or are we giving it to both Kelseys? I, I don't know. Or mom. No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look, it's just me. Those beer cans look like, like you know, the mini Diet yeah. Cokes that people have <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were regular beer cans, I'm it sure. Daddy boys yeah. or whatever, the, whatever boys. they drink drink over there. But yeah, no, I mean, I'll give it to, to them. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, Jason Kelsey, why not? Uh, good career, the whole the whole deal. And go enjoy life, shirtless. Yeah. I get he was indoors in a suite, sort of, <laughs> but still, it's still cold. But, you know, the most impressive thing to me might be, go back and look at the video. See, you look at Jason Kelsey, and you think of him as a big, fat guy. No, nope. you see what Maxie said the way he jumped back into the that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, 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 nobody in this room could have done that. I certainly yeah. couldn't. Have done that. I mean, he didn't even, it was just like natural. It was like, that was like taking one step of a lot. I mean, he just went, 
popped himself up like a little ninja yeah. and he's no little ninja. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing that I will tell you about all these guys in the NFL, the big ass offensive linemen. They are athletes off the field. I remember playing. I didn't play. I think I told you <laughs> it was a co-ed softball team in the off season. We had some NFL linemen on it and my wife got asked to play because they needed more women. And I got asked to man the ice and the cooler and the, <laughs> The beverages and maybe tend to injuries i didn't you yeah. know they weren't even they had enough guys uh but very fluid athletes even on us i get it softball yeah. but just you can see athletes move that's that's the key they're all very fluid athletes jason kelsey's not just this ogre big strong guy that's it he is an athlete um and that's what comes through. I mean, I know it's just jumping in out yeah. of the window, but still. Well, I think you really see it too when they have the replays behind the offensive line and you see those guards or center even pulling. It's yeah, those guys are getting out there quick. It doesn't look like it because the rest of the guys are just as athletic. But and, and as I always said, the difference between uh division one football offensive line is not size, it's quickness between the NFL and the guys that aren't in the NFL in college, big time colleges. They Line them up. They, Size-wise, they're all there. It's the athleticism and quickness that isn't the same at the next level. Yeah, I just want to mention before we sign off, NBA coverage is going on at uh, sixscore.com. You can head to our NBA page. Uh, it's going to dominate more of the front page once football wraps up. Um, but we're tracking all the injuries, got all the uh, insights up there too. So anything you want, NBA wives, we got it there. Perfect. And uh, knock on wood, the uh, quote, perfect <laughs> – playoff record so far yeah we'll see uh one more week to to give it a go there at sick picks and so forth the algorithm has been good and uh it gets harder every week because the, yeah. the the healthy teams prevail and the injured teams get knocked out like, better than yeah like we were like this week we found buffalo as as one but they're out now so yeah. <laughs> you can't rely on them. previously we said the eagles are one they're out you can't use them anywhere miami they're out right so you only can use them one time. It's like a knockout pool. They're yeah. out. And then you got to move on to something else. Only two games this week and then uh, Super Bowl. So uh, thank you, uh, Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc Podcast. We'll concentrate more on some basketball stuff, but also we'll have guests in the offseason. So go to SIC score, sick picks, whatever it is. And uh, thanks for listening and watching. And five-star review is always appreciated.